0: Welcome to Nothing Impossible. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on News Radio 1120 KMOX.
2: All right, welcome in, Michael and Travis, with you talking local innovation here on KMOX. And this week, we're going to start off with some sports.
3: Yeah, uh, who knew that we were a sports talk show these days?
2: (laughs) (laughs) St. Louis is definitely a
3: sports town, though. Yeah, sports town, sports innovation. If we're a sports town and an innovation town, why wouldn't we be a sports innovation town? That
2: would make sense. Yep. And thanks to Tim Hayden and Art Chu, they're making it happen with Stadia Ventures.
3: Yeah, they just had a big demo day this last week, and so we're going to have uh, Tim and one of the cohort participants in studio to talk about that. Yeah, we'll hear about one of the big sports startups that's making
2: waves and about how the sports community across the country, from big... Companies to the big sports teams, they're all taking notice and spending a lot more time in St. Louis than they would have necessarily before. And then we'll talk about the media a little bit. We'll talk (laughs) about the sale of St. Louis's tech magazine, Entrepreneur Quarterly, EQ. To a uh, firm that's from New York but received an arts grant and has developed an affinity for St. Louis, Long Neck and Thunderfoot, AKA LNT.
3: Yeah, it's really cool to see that uh, these startups have multiple ways to grow. Generally, people think you just grow by getting customers, but you could also grow by getting new properties or getting new companies, uh, expanding your the, your company portfolio. So yeah, we'll talk to the guys from uh, LNT and and EQ uh, about what that transaction looked like and what it means for both companies.
2: Yeah, and what they see in St. Louis as well, because they're both pretty involved in the St. Louis community. Uh, you know, when you cover it, you're pretty well familiar with it. And then uh, this week, the governor, Governor Greitens in Missouri, launched an innovation task force uh number 1 to take a look at government what's up with government how do we do things better more efficiently bring technology in to a greater extent and then also when it comes to uh you know just helping out with St. Louis and what we're building here attracting tech companies and that sort of thing and one of those who's On the governor's task force, they held a big meeting in St. Louis on Monday. They were in Kansas City on Thursday for the kickoff there. And BioSTL CEO and President Don Rubin is on the task force, and he joined us on Total Information AM this week.
0: The governor has said that everything is on the table. Uh, Any kinds of uh, programs that can help with capital, with people, with ideas, and with the um, reputation of the state is
4: is an important part also.
2: And he was asked about the Missouri Technology Corporation and the cuts that they've seen from the budget. Uh, that's an organization from the state that invests matching investments in some startups with the goal of making a profit and uh, and filling in some of the the holes when it comes to investors here. And then also part of it is uh, funding for organizations like uh, T-Rex in downtown St. Louis. Um, and so Rubin said that early-stage capital is definitely a Hole that needs to be filled in Missouri, so we'll be watching uh, the governor's task force to see what comes out of that.
3: We've talked a lot about MTC, Missouri Technology Corporation, and the the cuts that have been made at the state level. Uh, it is nice to know that the uh, the governor still takes that very seriously and takes investing in startups and supporting the startup community very seriously. And the people that are on the task force are, are many people that I know from the St. Louis ecosystem and. They're, they're good-hearted people that are really going to make sure that something happens positively.
2: All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk about sports startups and technology with Stadia Ventures and one of those sports startups. That's after the break right here on Nothing Impossible on KMOX.
0: And now, back to
2: Nothing Impossible. Once again, your
0: hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on
2: KMOX. All right, welcome back into our weekly show about innovation, local innovation, here on The Voice of St. Louis, Michael. And Travis. And we are going to talk about one of our favorite topics, and not just because St. Louis is one of the country's best sports towns. We've
3: got a couple of teams here, I understand. A couple of teams, Teams? yeah. Some of them are good. (laughs) Some of them are struggling right now. We'll see. We'll we'll leave the sports talk up to the guys on Sports <laughs> Open
2: Line. But let's talk about sports startups right now. Tim Hayden, the managing director of Stadia Ventures, friend of the show. Thank you for coming back in studio. Are you kidding me? Thank you all for inviting us back. And Matt Feinberg, head of the U.S. market for Pico.buzz.
1: Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having us. All
2: right, so first off, Matt, what is Pico.buzz? What's your startup?
1: So Pico.buzz is a software platform that helps sports teams build stronger one-on-one relationships with their fans. And we do this by allowing the teams to connect to their fans on social media channels before, during, and after games, regardless of if the fans are in the stadium or they're at
3: home. And how important is that? I, mean, I understand from a marketing perspective, uh, you know, the greater the connection, the easier it is from the want to buy a jersey. But in overall, like, fan development, how important is this? So... One of our ideas is that the better communication you can have with your fan
1: base, the more fans you can turn into fanatics. Fans really only want a couple things. They want to be recognized. They want to feel appreciated and connected. And a lot of the times when a team is trying to reach out, it feels very impersonal because it's a one-to-many broadcast. So enabling that one-on-one conversation to take place really makes the fans feel like they're a closer part of the team's ecosystem, uh, which in turn makes them you know, feel like they should participate in a heavier fashion, which can end up resulting in better attendance, cheering the fan on more, and ultimately maybe
3: better revenue and you know a better team team presence. I would imagine when your team sucks, like if you're not if your team isn't the Golden State Warriors or something like that that has a lot of fanatics already, it's a it's a way to pull some people in, maybe if the performance isn't as great on the field or on the court. For sure, yeah. I
1: mean, if you think about it, a fan, they're going to participate more heavily when the team is winning, but that doesn't mean they're not still a fan. So if you can give them a reason to kind of join the conversation, even if the team's not putting up big wins, then it'll it'll keep
2: the momentum going. What does the the app or what does this communication, this two-way communication look like? What What form does this take? Is it a, a chat room kind of a thing or more of a, a posting to a social network kind of a thing? Or what, what does the app look like? What's the experience like? Sure.
1: So one of the things we realized was that uh, fans inherently are lazy, right, in, in a good way. Um, So it's not actually an app that the fans need to download. We recognize that there are billions of fans that use social channels like Instagram and Facebook Messenger, but the tools to connect a team to the fans don't exist, so we built them. So you could take an example like Instagram, where we'll give the team the ability to find all of a fan's posts from a game, thank them for posting it, putting it into a sponsored photo album, so the team is now part of the experience. Or on Messenger, a fan can reach out to the team if they're trying to upgrade their seats or they want to understand something about playoff meetups, and the team can respond automatically. So the fans don't have to change their behavior. We just make it easier for the team to meet the fans on the channels they prefer.
2: You know, I've had a couple of um, instances where I've bought something online and the way that you do the, the customer service is through Facebook Messenger. You mm-hmm. get a message on your phone that says the package is on its way or something's late and, and stuff like that. So one of the great experiences we had in the St. Louis
1: area was working with the, with the Blues, the St. Louis Blues, over the past four or five months. They really want to make the Messenger from uh, Facebook Messenger their primary communication channel with their fans. So we built them some really cool engagement tools where fans could vote on who they thought was going to score the first goal of the game. Their votes would get registered and would show up over the video board over Center Ice. And then once that channel was opened up, uh, they could respond to fans' questions. They could send merchandise offers. They could handle customer service inquiries all through that one channel.
5: And the interesting component of yeah, it really yeah. quick is mm-hmm. it's really an artificial intelligence bot that's doing a lot of this communication. So it takes the pressure off the team having to have resources to be able to accomplish all this.
3: i was that was going to be my ask, because you, you know we you can't just have a person there manning like, all the channels, right? You, you are you have to use artificial intelligence now. How has that increased the the quality and level of the interactions? So it allows the teams to really
1: uh, be more efficient. Uh, You take a team like the Blues, where they might receive anywhere from 100 to 150,000 messages a year over Messenger. It's essentially an unfiltered inbox for the team. So by using artificial intelligence, we can filter these messages and make sure that the fans are sending cheers or trade suggestions are acknowledged very quickly. Whereas if there's a fan that has an issue or a concern, it could be addressed personally. So it really makes the internal operations of the team a lot more efficient by taking some of the heavy lifting off their plate.
2: Matt Feinberg, head of the U.S. market for Pico Buzz, and uh, Tim Hayden, managing director at Stadia Ventures. Just one of many startups that have gone through this process program and you just had yeah. an event just a few days ago.
5: We did. We we just hosted our 4th Demo Day. Is it number um, 4 already? It is. It's crazy. Ah. So we have 19 startups in our portfolio now, and every one of them it's like your own children. They just yeah. keep growing. Now we're just helping them continually move down the curve, but but this Demo Day was was exceptionally great. Um the St. Louis Cardinals hosted us down at Ballpark Village. Uh it, they actually built a stage over the bar at Ballpark Village right underneath their 40-foot uh, massive TV screen. So each each of our cohort members, in this case five for this for this go around, actually had the opportunity to get up on stage in front of a couple hundred investors, sports execs, business execs, in St. Louis just open to the community uh, to be able to get up, pitch, and then up on this forty foot screen is their PowerPoint presentation. So it was an amazing kind of show of that.
3: I I want to see you guys go back up to the PBR area and have people give
5: their pitch riding the bull. <laughs> yes, like seconds.
3: You, you get to you get to keep pitching as long <laughs> as you stay on the bull. The moment you're off, you're off.
5: So we were talking about doing an elevator pitch that way. Okay. <laughs> Immediately (laughs) after you get thrown off, you're done. you got to close your pitch down. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Who are some of the, because you
2: always bring in top executives from the brands that athletes are wearing, from the teams that
5: they're playing for, uh, so, who were some of the big names that came in for this? Yeah, so we had uh, let's see, we had New Balance, we had Adidas, we had Under Armour. Uh, that was more on the pure apparel side of things. Uh, we are representative from the NFLPA, Major League Baseball Advanced Media. Uh, we had from the team side of things, uh, everything from Orlando Magic all the way on down to uh, minor league baseball. The, the head of marketing for uh, minor league baseball, and so it really kind of runs the gamut. It's fascinating because uh, the way we've created this was really just a global sports innovation hub. We d- we don't even to own everything but it's just how do we bring great people together on the entrepreneurial side on the industry side and then layer it all with investment now by the time you get to the fourth time i bet
2: these executives are saying they're embracing st louis as a tech city when they they the first time they came here they probably thought Am I really going to St. Louis for startups? Oh,
5: seriously. I mean, it's funny that you say that, but I would say probably about 90% of the people may not have even come through St. Louis. Chief Operating Officer for Real Madrid had never been through St. Louis. He's been blown away by it. He's already been back four times in the last year and a half. Mm. So it's fascinating to see how these people are embracing, and not not just our our Stadia Ventures, but this is the entire St. Louis ecosystem that they're embracing. You know what's so funny is I... uh, every now and then there's this new effort
3: to rebrand or launch a branding campaign for the city or we we need to do this to increase tourism and really, we just need to keep producing good work, right? Like, we need yes. to produce startups that are attractive to people. Uh, maybe we have to coerce them to be here the first time, and then they're here, and they and they have the sticky factor. And then they become the spokespeople for not only what Stadia Ventures is doing or what the startups are doing, but for the region, I would imagine.
5: Yes, that's a great way. And uh, you're going to need to bleep me at one point, but one, one of the <laughs> senior execs from Major League Baseball said is St. Louis, just get done. You know, and it's fascinating because as soon as they the cohorts and everybody else coming on, Ian actually sees that they then take that out, and, and it continually expands. It's that one to one connection.
3: So now uh, you, we've done some preemptive editing for Michael here. <laughs> Mark the tape. <laughs> uh, so uh, what uh, what have you seen with Pico's uh, embrace or how St. Louis has embraced Pico so, Pico Buzz?
1: We came here as part of the Capital Innovators program, having already been connected to Stadia previously. And one of the one of the best things about coming to St. Louis was the velocity and the speed with which some of the teams and organizations here really embraced what we were doing and moved. Uh, in just the span of 90 days, we were connected with the St. Louis Blues, the St. Louis Cardinals, the national champion St. Louis Surge, and moved forward into business dealings with all of them in a very quick fashion. It was a much quicker sales cycle than we had seen anywhere else. And I think that gives a lot of credit to the teams here being very open-minded to new technology, but also to the ecosystem having become a little bit more mature than it was a few years ago. I was going to say, even even companies that weren't in the sports field, uh, places like Marrit and some digital agencies in the city really saw the value and really want to kind of jump in and work with us as well. So it was pretty exciting to be part of that ecosystem and be embraced so quickly, given that we're a company that was founded in Israel
2: and our U.S. headquarters was in the Philadelphia area. So it's it's been a really great experience in the Midwest. Now, Tim, talk about, I mean, it was just a few years ago, I think, that I was talking about how I'd love to use my phone as a ticket to get into... You know, the sports venues here in St. Louis, and I could oh, yes. do it in San Francisco, but not here. Now, that's changed, mm-hmm. and these startups are now, you know, getting access to the sports teams. I mean, are oh, the Cardinals yes. and the Blues, how much of an embrace are they giving to new technology? How open are they
5: are, are they to... Uh, to new ways of doing
2: things that might be outside the box.
5: Now, that is great. So, so they have totally embraced what we have going on and and for good reason. I mean, at the end of the day, the reason why we created this was the industry, it's very difficult for the industry to realize what is a great innovation that could uh, affect the bottom line and the fans and everything else compared to just what uh, some shady person's bringing in. So in a way, we've become that filter. We, we become, for lack of a better word, the player bench. We're, we're kind of like the uh, the training facility. We're, we're the, uh, the minor league system for all innovations. And so when we go to the car in and the Blues and the Surge and elsewhere, they understand that if it's already past that filter, there, there's a good chance that this is going to affect them in a positive way.
3: You're like, it's the, you're like the money ball guy for, uh, for, these, uh, for these big league games,
5: right? And, and honestly, that's why they're all coming to St. Louis to yeah. see this, is, is they get a chance before anybody else to get a first look at kind of what is going to be that next generation, if you will.
2: And Matt, talk about you talked about U.S. headquarters in Philadelphia. What have you found in St. Louis? That's been just from purely building a company, that perspective or maybe the lifestyle spending the time here. What's uh, what about St. Louis has made its mark on you? So there were
1: really, there were two big things for us. Uh, one was just the nature that St. Louis is a relationship town where it's, it's, it's about who you know and who you can build relationships with. And the validation that Stadia really provided helped open up a lot of doors for us. So whereas maybe on the coasts, uh, there's a bit of a tougher struggle in trying to break through the noise. Uh, there's a bit more of an open atmosphere right here, which makes things happen a lot faster. And for a startup, that's incredibly valuable. But the other thing we really like about being in St. Louis is that, it's a very centrally located area that gives us access to a lot of major markets within a day's drive. So it's a really good
3: location to kind of base ourselves as far as the center and the heartland of the country goes. We what I like is that both the things that were mentioned. Neither one of them had to do with the cost of living or how any fish how uh, how cheap it is to live here. Cheap, cheap, capital yeah. efficient. Is that
5: the is that the phrase? <laughs>
3: that's, that's what I use. Yes, yeah. so, I think that could pretty easily be a two point one edition right <laughs> sure, there. It definitely yeah.
1: made it definitely helped us stretch our dollars a little bit. Sure, further. yeah. Sure.
5: And I was going to take that even a step further because that is a great point to the whole thing is for this for this cohort, we actually took them on road trips Hmm. to uh, Chicago as well as Frisco, Texas. And I'll explain Frisco why in a sec. But for Chicago, these guys, I mean, it's amazing. Everybody you get every team or property that you get them in front of. Each of the properties gets so excited about what they have going with Pico. And so the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Blackhawks, it was University of Illinois. All this, when he says in 90 days, as much as we love St. Louis and the ecosystem, when Travis, when you mentioned the region, mm-hmm. it is the region is also now uh, mm-hmm. obviously becoming clients of that. But Frisco, Texas, we took them all down there because unknown, there's only 180,000 people in the city. Jerry Jones dropped his $1.2 billion practice facility yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys there. It's a five mile radius for this entire city. Dallas Stars have moved their headquarters. Mavericks are moving their headquarters FC wow. Dallas US Soccer is now putting their Hall of Fame there mm-hmm. so it is like a Nirvana for our sp- sports and innovation we took them on down there and Pico was like the rave of, F- of Frisco, Texas so it's amazing how you just they right. just need the opportunity to get in front of and then it builds this but it's never about the cost of living at the end of the day for for this side of it it helps but yeah. it's, it's
2: that embrace awesome awesome well Tim where can people go to get more information maybe read about some of
5: these other startups no definitely so if you go to stadiaventures.com You'll be able to not only find out about our events, but also the other companies in our cohort as well. All right. Tim Hayden, Managing
2: Director of Stadia Ventures, and Matt Feinberg, Head of the U.S. Market for Pico Buzz. Thank you both
3: for coming in. Really appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for inviting us back. We appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll be back on Nothing Impossible on KMOX
0: summer weather in st louis real feels about 105 to 110 in the afternoons it can change in a moment shower and thunderstorm activity around this morning stay up to date with all the weather with on-air forecasts every 10 minutes mornings and afternoons it's a normal summer day weather info at kingmox.com and when severe weather hits tornado warning the kingmox air comfort heating and cooling specialist storm center will keep you informed it's up to date up to minute summer weather in st louis we've got it covered on the official weather station kmox and now back to nothing impossible.
2: Once again, your hosts Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on KMOX. All right, welcome back, Michael and Travis. With you, and let's talk about
3: Long Neck and Thunderfoot. Travis, I feel like I'm uh, my my younger brother is bringing me a, a book to read at the end of the night, uh, tucking him into bed, because it's a it's a childhood story, right? Uh Long Neck and Thunderfoot. Well, let's find out with.
2: Jonathan Allen from LNT Long Neck and Thunderfoot, and Kelly Hamilton from EQ. Thank you both for coming in. And here's the news story from this week. Arch Grant's winner, Long Neck and Thunderfoot, making an acquisition and buying St. Louis Tech Magazine, Entrepreneur Quarterly, EQ. I thought it was cool that there was an ad week article about this that the headline was Long Neck and Thunderfoot acquire St. Louis Tech Magazine. I like that. That is cool, right? That yeah, was really cool, yeah. Yeah, so Jonathan Allen, first off, tell us about L&T, and Travis wants to know, where does the name come from? <laughs> so
6: the name comes from, yeah, a children's story of of, um, of the same title, and uh, that children's story is about two dinosaurs that are scared of each other but have to collaborate to survive the extinction. And I felt that this was a good, um, you know, apt metaphor for how Traditional business needs to transition online. Uh, so yeah, we we stand for collaboration and storytelling. And uh, and you came to St. Louis through an Arch Grant, correct? And yes. How long ago was that? Because we had you on the show shortly after. Yeah, it's about eleven months ago. In mm-hmm. fact, yeah, kind of just yeah, just coming out for a year. And uh, and so, what's uh,
3: tell us about your interest in EQ? And we'll have Kelly talk a little bit about that. So why why this acquisition?
6: So there were, you know, a bunch of things, but um, one of the things that we, you know, Kelly and I kind of attribute it to is serendipitous (laughs) collisions. Um, Because basically we met at T-Rex and, you know, we both came from a publishing background. So we were already kind of naturally interested in what, what each other were doing. And we kind of, our conversations quickly moved to how can we help each other? And then just over the last year, it's like, you know, we we would kind of, you know, keep in touch. And, uh, and then, you know, we had one conversation one day where, you know, this opportunity sort of presented itself and it was a perfect fit. And essentially, you know, what we've found is, you know, we've been here, you know, just, a, just coming up for a year and the stories that we're telling for a lot of our St. Louis based clients are like why this is a great place to work, what they're doing for the community. um, So, you know, we're working with Stiefel, Green Street, um, another company called Patient. And it's like, you know, all these stories, you know, St. Louis companies are often kind of evangelizing the city. And we just felt, well, actually EQ is doing a lot of um, this too and telling similar stories. So there's kind of perfect fit.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Kelly, tell us about EQ, where it came from, what it does. Uh, What's the EQ story?
4: So EQ launched in July 2015. Uh, I was publisher of Alive magazine and co-founded that back in 2002. Uh, and over the years of serving as editor of that publication, which serves a broader audience in St. Louis, I was just observing the cultural movements that were happening over, over time. And uh, in 2010-ish, around that time, was when I uh, noticed uh, some, some shifts and some growth in the entrepreneurship space. So that was when co-working came to St. Louis. And I did a story on that. And then Capital Innovators launched the first accelerator program, and we did some coverage of that. And so I wanted to make sure we were – I was excited by that, and I wanted to tell those stories. And so I did a big story, including a a big infographic that explained the ecosystem, and we had an amazing response to requests for reprints, which we just weren't really necessarily getting Mm -hmm. based on the type of content we were doing. Previously, so this was uh, just something that I, I noticed that we needed. We could we, there was a, there was a gap, the, and we wanted I wanted to fill it. So um, we just put it. We prototyped a quarterly and put it out there, and that's that's sort of how it got its start. That was um,
2: such a. Cool period in St. Louis. T. Rex moving into its new building, and uh, you know places like Tech Artista opening up, and just this emergence kind of of St. Louis. The, you know the second and third Arch Grants classes coming into its own, and right. just a, a cool time in
3: St. Louis. Well, well, let's also add one other thing. It's uh, it's where if our story is going to get out there, the media has to play a key role in that, right? And EQ played a key role. There's this little show that popped up on KMOX called Nothing Impossible, right, that yeah. is also trying. Which, which grew out of me sitting in the newsroom every morning <laughs> trying to pitch innovation <laughs>
2: stories and being told, Michael, you're covering a lot of tech. We need you to go cover deer in town and country or something like that. You can do your tech story tomorrow. Right. And so that's kind of how Nothing Impossible was yeah. born. Yeah,
3: yeah and, and how important is it, uh, especially, Jonathan, for you, as you're you're not from St. Louis, how important is it to get these stories out there so that
6: uh, other people have you know, either changing the hearts and minds of, of either St. Louisans or non-St. Louisans? I think it's massively important. And I think that St. Louis uh, represents what's happening here as a template for other cities. Um, you know, I, people in St. Louis often think that they're behind. Uh, and, you know, the tech industry is, you know, still kind of trying to mature. But actually, I think a lot of the kind of philosophy, critical thinking that's happening across organizations like Arch Grants, STL Economic Partnership, Downtown Mm. STL, what you guys are doing, like, um, you know, that kind of thinking is 10 years ahead, Mm. actually, of the rest of the world. And the thing that, you know, inspired me, uh, you know, and in the end, the kind of grease on the wheels of uh, acquiring EQ, was I was back in London and, um, you know, watching what was happening with Brexit and all that kind of thing. And you realize, you know, the UK needs to start thinking about, you know, what it's other cities are doing, not just focus on London all the time. So, you know, the North, um, Bradford, Manchester, all those cities need help. And actually one of the other things is when I won an arch grant, I announced it on Facebook. And friends from university, and we come from uh, University of East Anglia, which is in Norwich, the east side of England, uh, they were saying, we're trying to develop tech east, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you've got to connect with the grants folks. Hmm. So, yeah, it's massively important. And I do think as a foreigner, I can actually kind of see how what's good and valuable here and kind of, go out there and tell that story when in a way uh St. Louis can be a little bit shyer mm-hmm. yeah yeah and EQ is meant to help people
4: connect with the community and you know find resources that will help them you know make those connections and so something that Jonathan shared with me early on was that it EQ did help him orient when he first moved mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and so that was something I think that uh you know sparked sort of a, a, a more passion towards you know now kind of playing that role
3: yeah. Jonathan, is uh, are you just wanting to keep EQ as a St. Louis publication and St. Louis property, or are you looking at this to replicate in other markets?
6: I'll be honest with you, I am looking at eventually <laughs> expanding sure, EQ into sure, yeah. other cities. Um, you know, I'd like to. You know, um, I want to keep to what I'm calling second tier cities. Mm-hmm. You know, ones with emerging startup scenes. Um, so EQ actually does afford us kind of. Uh, interesting partnerships into Kansas City um, and uh, Omaha. Omaha, yeah. Yep. And you know, we've been running. L&T has been running events in New York, so we've been we've grown our kind of local meetup there from forty people coming every month to around two hundred people, and had you know panel discussions with Time Magazine, the Wall Street Journal, that kind of thing. And that nurturing that kind of New York community. We did a same test in St. Louis and it was very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the things that also excites me about EQ is its print product. With a print product, we can actually really kind of tell a kind of intimate and curated story for a local city and pair it with an event. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's how, you know, for the first 18 months, we'll focus on STL. But, you know, after that, we'll start looking at building chapters all over the states.
2: That is Jonathan Allen from Long Neck and Thunderfoot. Kelly Hamilton, EQ, also in studio. And if you missed the headline, L&T Purchasing EQ, Arch Grant's winner, Long Neck and Thunderfoot. And we're going to take a break right now, come back and continue talking about the St. Louis tech scene, innovation locally. All of it right here on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Catch
0: baseball's best hour before every Cardinals game. It's the all-new Amron Pre-Game Show, giving you the inside scoop on your St. Louis Cardinals with player interviews, daily updates with the reporters covering the team, and new this year, a weekly visit from Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. You'll also hear from the skipper Mike Matheny and, of course, get the lowdown on the upcoming game. The Amron Pre-Game Show, one hour before game time every game on your home for the best Cardinals coverage, KMOX.
3: Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Travis Sheridan, Michael Calhoun... Jonathan Allen, Kelly Hamilton. We're talking about tech and innovation. And uh, the before the break, we reintroduced why we have these gentlemen in the studio. Uh, L and T has purchased uh, EQ. That means uh, EQ has experienced an exit, which uh, startups like to experience. Uh, L and T has uh, experienced an acquisition, which startups also like to uh, like to experience. Uh, talk a little bit. Of, I know the terms of the transaction aren't disclosed, and that and that's fine. But talk a little bit about what what it's like to sell a company, Kelly, something that you've put your heart and soul into, and Jonathan, what it's like to uh, grow by acquiring a company.
4: Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great question. It's something that, you know, I, I'd been through as an entrepreneur selling uh, and acquiring shares between co-founders, but this was the first time that I had have experienced uh, selling a company uh, to someone else, and it's it's actually been a wonderful experience. I mean, it's I feel really lucky. It was like someone I, I shared it with who's a a good you know client sponsor of EQ friend of EQ said you know it sounds like it was meant to be and it was <laughs> it was sort of like and we you know something the second time we met we ended up Uh, hitting the T-Rex bar. I I confess that later, too. (laughs) We might have had a few pints uh, out of the bar Um, and ended up talking for like eight hours about all kinds of things. Eight hours? We discovered we had a lot in common, you know, German literature and (laughs) Joseph Campbell. And we were just like, what? Like, how do we have all this stuff in common? And I think that, you know, that makes a big impact. I had other folks who, um, you know, when when I realized when I knew it was time to, you know, find the successor for EQ, I had a short list of folks I was... I thought about and they, you know, LNT top was the top of that list. And I went to him. I said, I don't know if this is something that's interesting to you uh, that you want to get into this business, but if it is, it's an opportunity. And you know, the reason why he was the first person I wanted to talk to is because we had connected the year the, over the year that since he's been here, and had I had acknowledged that they were really uh, you know, we had similar viewpoints around the future of media uh, storytelling. Uh, we were doing some similar products, um, so that's important. Uh, some brand publishing. We do it on our platform for customers. He was doing it more for their platforms. And so there was a lot of there were a lot of things that made sense for you know for on my end, from a business. Uh, standpoint, why I would want to talk to him, but it's really important to have a good personal connection. Mm-hmm. And we learned, you know, we found that I don't mm-hmm. know if we hadn't connected, if it would have gone as smoothly because there was a certain time frame that uh, we kind of you know, needed to make this happen to maximize the opportunity. Um, just based on like fiscal calendars and you know, etc. And so there was a, there was a, we realized there was an opportunity, but we also connected personally. So that was uh, from from my standpoint,
3: it's been a, a great experience. And Jonathan, for you, growth through acquisition.
6: Yeah, so that's something, you know, I never expected to say, uh, you know, we've acquired a company.
3: So we have uh, L&T and EQ. Uh, I love that uh, L&T is named after dinosaurs. The conversation uh, happened at T-Rex, another dinosaur uh, uh, connection there. Uh, And gigantic things happen at T-Rex is what they they talk about. (laughs) Only in St. Louis, right? Only in (laughs) St. Louis. Well, since
2: you're in T-Rex, you're engrossed in this, you write about it, your publication's all about it. Kelly, what are some of the startups or the products or what's exciting you the most? What's up and coming in the St. Louis startup scene?
4: Well, you know, to be honest, it's been we've been pretty heads down on this for the last couple of months. But, I mean, I'm just energized by the people, you know, the people in the scene. And there's been a lot of movement, uh, if you think about it, uh, in terms of leaders, leadership, a lot Mm -hmm. of changes. Um, But what excites me about that, you know, this is between... You know, leaders at the different economic development agencies, kind of moving around, starting new ones. There's been a lot of a lot of movement there. But I think what's exciting about that is this, It does speak to that ecosystem itself, where people, you know, they may leave one role and take up another and start another organization, and that's that's exciting to me. I think so. Above all, right now, it's just like the people involved and like what they're what they're doing. Uh, you know, over and over again, and, and finding new ways to contribute.
3: I want to ask you both, and it might take a little bit of thought, but you know, you guys are both in storytelling mode. What's the story in five years? Like, what's the St. Louis story in five years? I get excited about thinking
4: forward that that far, um, partly because I'm entering, I'm going to be leaving St. Louis for a few for a few years to get. Uh, a doctorate in industrial psychology, so I hope is to come back and contribute in a new way. When I think about it, to your question, Travis, it's like I think in five years, you're going to have a lot of these organizations are going to be more complex. They're going to, you know, hopefully, be bigger and have more, uh, more issues and growth, growth issues that they have, and like they, they're going to need, you know, support in different ways. So there's going to be gaps there with. Communication firms, um, you know things like HR matters, things like that. So that's sort of when I think about five years hmm. from my perspective. It's just it's bigger, more complicated uh, companies.
6: Jonathan, what about for you? Yeah, that's a a big question. Um, I see, you know, I I see wh- what we know is that the story people want is a giant exit, you know, for investors in the region. Um, so that be a, a startup selling for a pretty hefty amount of money. Yeah, they and then, and then that founder
2: all of a sudden has some cash that she or he can reinvest back into other startups, and that's how you get that self sustaining action going, right?
6: Yeah, absolutely, and and not even just one founder. You know, ten investors get a <laughs> yeah. huge like payout uh, <laughs> that they can like re-, re you know reinvest in the system. So obviously that's the game that everyone's playing for. But I would say you know personally. What I also imagine happening is that St. Louis's focus continues to remain global. Um, And, you know, I know that there's, that you know, people are talking about having a flight to Europe from the airport here. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, This, you know, this idea of St. Louis, um, you know, development philosophy being a model and a template for other countries and other cities all around the world. I see that really working and taking off and it, this becoming kind of a beacon. Uh, and the reason is that I kind of stand by that is from, you know, there's other entrepreneurs in the ecosystem like Alex Heyman from Less Annoying CRM who talks about bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Jason uh, from Arch to Park who's also been talking about reinventing what a startup is in the region, thinking of it as a, you know, not just a multi-million dollar company with massive investors, but like uh bootstrapped, successful small business. And, um, I do think that, you know, that's the possibility here is that there's, there's a kind of slightly different focus, which focuses on, yeah, helping people build successful companies from the ground up and, you know, persevering, um, and breaking through that way. You know, it'd be a fun, a project for all this media group, nothing impossible, EQ
3: and LNT, um, is for us all to pick a day in the future and then just produce a show around that or produce content around that, right? So five years in the future, we're doing our show, Michael, uh, five years in the future. L&T and EQ are doing a publication and a piece. We get the Business Journal to do the same thing. We get Post Dispatch to do the same thing. We just pick a day in the future and we just produce an entire publication or entire piece of content around that futuristic day. Um, I think it helps challenge people because it's going to be unpopular, right? There'll be some people will call BS on it. Uh, There'll be some... It won't always be good news. It's not always shiny things. it will be uh, this company has finally folded or this crime has occurred or whatever it might be. But it'll be interesting to do a, an entire future show. It would Nostradamus. be. Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus, yeah. We'll have to pick which city Sounds we like want that flight to go to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then get on that plane and get out of here real quickly because people might be mad. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Jonathan Allen from L&T and Kelly Hamilton from EQ. Websites are l L-N- and co and eqstl.com wonderful well congratulations to both of you and thank, for com- thank you for coming in thanks
3: for having us thank you thanks for joining us this week we will do it again next week KMOX King KMOX
0: King HD St. Louis <laughs> KZK HD3 St. Louis
5: we really need new phones
2: T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new
0: iPhone 15s it's
2: only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and
0: four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch